I experienced paranormal at the house I grew up in. The hallway was terrifying and there was always something going on with the light. A few times my dogs got all amped up and started barking at the light fixture too. Scared the crap out of me. The light had two switches, one at either end of the hall. The issue is they didn't always work. Sometimes you could flip the switch and it would turn on, but sometimes it wouldn't. Sometimes you had to run down the hall, flip the other switch and even then it still wouldn't go. Then you'd have to run back and it might turn on. Super weird. Anyway, one night I was home in the living room with my sister and suddenly my stereo in my bedroom, at the end of the hall, started blasting. And I mean blasting. I do not listen to my music loud. This isn't the first time that happened but it always creeps me out so I just decided to run for it and shut it off ASAP, not bother with the creepy light switch. I get about two feet away from the end of the hall and something shoves me and I land flat on my back, my head smacked the ground. My sister witnessed this and it really freaked her out. Me too, but I was a bit dazed. I just got up and ran to my bedroom to shut off the music. So creepy. I shared a room with a guy in college who was a musician. He'd stay out late almost every night and come home around 3 or 4 in the morning. Our room was a straight shot through kitchen from the front door. One night I woke up to the bedroom door opening and figured it was just my roommate coming home after a gig. I thought it was strange that he turned the light on when coming in. He knew I was a light sleeper and would normally use his phone's light to shine around the room if he was looking for something while I was asleep. My bed was twin-sized positioned against the wall connecting the bedroom to the kitchen. When he came in, I was facing the wall. I kept my eyes closed and pretended I was still asleep because I didn't feel like having a conversation with a most likely drunken friend while I was still half asleep. I heard him go to his side of the room, opposite of my bed, and rustle around his desk and dresser looking for something. Sometimes he would grab some clothes for the next day and go stay at a buddy's house so I wasn't concerned. Then I felt him start reaching under my bed. I kept a few things under there, but he would normally ask before straight up taking anything of mine. At that point I was really confused and annoyed by all this, so I made it a point to, passive, aggressively roll over on my other side and face the middle of the room in the direction from where he was reaching so he knew I was pissed that he was ruining my beauty sleep. Then I heard nothing. But I could feel he shot up from under the bed and was just standing there. I never opened my eyes, but I figured he would either apologize for waking me up or something. But he never said a word. He just stood there. After probably two minutes with the light still on, I heard him leave the room and go to the kitchen. I opened my eyes after a couple more minutes because he left the light on in the bedroom. He wasn't in the kitchen, but he had pulled a knife from the knife block and left it on the table. I checked around the house and couldn't find him, but quickly realized my Xbox, book bag, wallet, etc. were stolen. I called my roommate to see if he had been home but he was miles away at a party. He still had his house keys and never gave them to anyone else prior. I must have accidentally left the door unlocked that evening, which was the one time someone decided to check the knob. 
Police never followed up with me after that night so I doubt they ever caught the guy. I can't imagine what would have happened if I ever did open my eyes and see the guy standing there or if I chased him out to the kitchen. I was about 5 years old and my parents moved us out into this trailer on about 2 or 3 acres of land. My room was at the far end of the house next to my sister's and was only about 20 yards away from the forest. Anyway, on a few nights I kept hearing a scratching sound, almost like nails on a chalkboard, so I woke up my dad and he came in and verified that I was batshit crazy and went back to bed. This went on for about two or three weeks until one night I was listening to the scratching when it suddenly stopped and my toy chest started moving away from the wall. I ran down the hall and got my dad and he reluctantly came to my room to check it out. When he flipped on the light he saw a woman's head, looking like a crazy Gene Wilder, sticking through my wall where my toy chest used to be. She screamed at the top of her lungs, not like she was scared but like she was trying to scare him, and proceeded to pull at the trailer wall and try to crawl through the hole. He locked the door and called 911. The cops came out and arrested the woman who was stuck halfway in the wall and cut all over the place. She had apparently escaped a mental facility four miles away and had decided to burrow into the house at night. I was having a tense conversation with someone that I was close to years ago. The conversation quickly devolved into a passive-aggressive fight that ended with the other person getting in the car and driving away. As I started heading back inside, the other person came back, got out of the car, and started our conversation again. The tone of voice was totally different and the stance was different and the feeling in the air was completely off. I don't know how else to explain it. As the conversation progressed, the other person started saying some nasty and mean things that were completely out of character. I said, this isn't like you, person, they said what makes you think that I'm person? I remember continuing the conversation and talking to the person for a long time but I don't remember anything specific. I do remember becoming more and more alarmed and knowing something wasn't right. Finally, I told the person to go home. They complied and left. I went back inside and started telling my sibling about the situation when the doorbell rang, maybe two to three minutes had passed. It was the person coming back to apologize for the original fight. They had been driving around town for a long time and didn't want to go home leaving things unresolved. I asked why they had said some of the things from the last conversation and they looked at me like I was crazy. They had no idea what I was talking about. Totally could have been lying, but that whole situation just felt dark. Scared the hell out of me. My parents live in a U-shaped house. Kitchen on one end of the U and master bedroom on the other. You can see out the window of the bedroom across a little courtyard, backyard to the kitchen window. About a year ago at 3 a.m., my mom and stepdad are dead asleep, all of a sudden she bolts upright awake like something startled her. She looks over and can see this yellow slash green light pouring out the kitchen window. She said it looked like someone had a 100 of those old old bug light spotlights and put them all in her kitchen and turned them on. To the point it was so bright it almost hurt to look at. 
She wipes her eyes, blinks, rubs them. Light is still there, and now she knows she's not dreaming. Then my stepdad bolts upright and says what the hell is that light in the kitchen? They talk about checking it out, he finally gets up and tells her to stay there while he goes and checks it out. He thinks it could be burglars with big flashlights. My mom tells him that can't be right, because the light isn't moving, just steady. He goes to the kitchen. Couple minutes later she hears him say what the f. Over and over again. After about 5 minutes, she hears the back door open and him go outside. 10 minutes later he comes into their bedroom and says you have to come see this, I feel like I'm losing my goddamn mind. She follows him to the kitchen and it's all lit up like it's full of yellow slash green stadium lights, but as she looks around to see what is making the light she notices that there is no source. No shadows, no direction. The light is coming from everywhere all at once. After standing in there for a few minutes, he takes her out to the backyard. The light is all around the ground under the windows and definitely coming from the inside. She gets too creeped out and goes back into the bedroom. They are speechless. My stepdad does not believe in paranormal stuff, so he tries to come up with explanations. They try to ignore it and go to sleep. After turning her back to the window for at least an hour or so she turns over. Still there. Eventually they go to sleep and when they wake up, it's gone. Everything's back to normal. To this day she thinks it was some kind of ghost or spirit. My stepdad, like I said he doesn't believe, refuses to talk about it, he won't say what he thinks, just shuts the conversation down and gets angry when you bring it up around him. I've read about Willow the Wisps, and Ball Lightning, but I don't know what could make a sourceless light that doesn't appear to move. Who knows WTF it was. My mom said it was probably on for at least one to two hours. Maybe longer. I was living with my now mother-in-law in a house she had just purchased a few months before. We had all had various weird feelings or experiences in the house but two really really stick out. Collectively, there were three dogs living in the house at the time. One evening we are all sitting with our backs to the hallway, this is significant, watching a movie. All of a sudden my German Shepherd and my Terrier both perk up their ears and start staring down the hallway behind where we are sitting. I mean, full attention. I notice and turn around. The light in the hall was off, it was dark, but of course don't see anything. Five minutes later, they're still staring and now growling. This time my wife and I turn around and we both watch as the light switch on the wall gets flipped to on. Dogs went crazy and so did we. A few weeks later. Same scenario, light is off and we are watching a movie. My German Shepherd loved to play fetch and we always had a million balls around to entertain her. This time, she's staring down the hallway and wagging her damn tail. This time, we all notice again and start to watch. I swear to God, a ball, single orange tennis ball came rolling down the hallway towards her. We all went white. There were a few others but Jesus I hated that hallway. It never felt like a bad energy but my feeble little brain was still scared nonetheless. Edit, one more story. 
My mom-in-law was having these dreams a few weeks after moving in about the house catching on fire and burning to the ground with us all inside. Horrible. About three weeks after these dreams we woke up one morning and distinctly smelled smoke coming from the house somewhere. Panicked, we all started searching and eventually came to the garage. On a rafter, we noticed a smoke coming out from around a flower-assessant light fixture. At that moment I realized. My god, it's attached directly to this old dried out beam. The light was left on all night and it was clearly burning the rafter ever so slightly. Lights are not supposed to be secured slash screw. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Put on to a rafter like that. So we like to think our ghost hosts were looking out for all of us. After that, her dreams stopped. Thanks, Ghosty. First off, I don't believe in ghosts or the supernatural, in any way, shape or form. That said, I had a few very strange experiences working at the hospital. I have tons of stories about working at the hospital, but I'll post one of the strangest and if you want to hear more, let me know, I have dozens. The hospital was made up of several buildings, mostly mid-20th century. There was a large seven-story building with offices and accommodation for student nurses, Simpson Hall, a large central administration building with eight wings for patients and a forensic, criminally insane, unit, pretty building, a new building under construction to replace the old Victorian building, Mount Hope, a building with a gym, kitchen, dining room and swimming pool, Hugh Bell Building, two small outlying buildings for children and adolescents, POW and MCU, and then the old insane asylum, DeWolf Building, built in 1856, 20 ceilings, 200 pounds oak and steel doors, 18 to 24 thick walls, underground tunnels, everything you've ever thought an old Victorian insane asylum would be. When I first started working there, in 1992, my job was to go from the guard post in the Hugh Bell building, down into the basement, unlock the steel doors leading to the tunnel system, lock myself into the tunnel system, walk along to the DeWolf building, go through another set of steel gates, locking myself inside, walk the tunnel system to the end and then go up in an elevator I called down using a special key. Then I'd go up to the fourth floor and walk through each floor checking doors until I got to the main floor where I'd walk out of the main entrance and back to the Hugh Bell building outside. I had to do this roughly every hour. 
1995, the building closed and patients were moved into the new Mount Hope building. Because the space was no longer being used and because the building was slated to be demolished in 1996, they didn't bother heating it, it had no power, and maintenance had been through and stripped it of things like light bulbs, etc. A lot of the old furniture was left in place as they had bought new stuff for the new building. One of the things that also happened was they shut off power to the elevators and had all the phones removed. Now I know that every phone was removed because I was the guy who went through with the guy from the phone company in late summer and removed every single phone from the place. So it's the winter of 1995 and I'm working a back shift, 7pm to 7am. I was a shift supervisor and had three guards on the ground with me and one locked in the forensic unit. Around 2am we get a call from the hospital operator saying that the police had called her to let her know they were getting calls from inside the DeWolf building. She had, of course, told them that was impossible and why. They insisted that they were getting calls from inside the DeWolf building. So the four of us go into the building and each take a floor of the building and search it. Now it was the dead of winter and temperatures had been getting fairly low, 20C or so. And there had been a pipe burst about a week before which maintenance had dealt with, interesting story there, too, but it had left two floors entirely coated in ice, there was ice on everything that was about three inches thick and shadows were bouncing everywhere from the flashlights hitting ice. So we're walking through the building, checking every unit, every floor, eyeballing every empty phone jack. Nothing. We get back to the guard post and report that the building is empty. 10 minutes later, the operator calls back and says that there are more calls coming from DeWolf and the police are insisting we find the cause. So back over we go. I was about 10 away from the nursing station on a unit called N16 and the operator calls to say that there is a call active right now coming from the N16 nursing station. I go rushing over to see and there's nothing in there, no person, no phone. I tell the operator where I am and there's nothing in there. She says that it's now coming from the N16 lounge which is way down the other end of the unit. So I go rushing down there and, again, nothing. Now it's coming from the N16 elevator phone and this time it's not just dead air but it sounds like someone talking with their hand over the phone. So I go rushing back down to the other end of the unit, this is a good 60 seconds or so of running big building, and I'm standing outside the closed, unpowered, elevator doors and she is saying that the calls are coming in every few seconds from the elevator I'm standing in front of. Then they stop. We all decide to wait inside the building, one person per floor, for a few minutes until we know things have stopped. We waited maybe 15 minutes and as we start to leave, the phone calls start again. One more trip around the building and same results. Eventually we said we couldn't waste any more time on it and it must be a technical glitch. The operator puts in a call to the phone company and requests an engineer first thing next morning. I was supposed to go home at 7am, my last back shift, so I was starting 4 days off, but I stayed to meet the engineer cause I was curious. The engineer said the lines had likely been reassigned and the calls were coming from real people wherever the lines had been put. So we go into the old building and check the junction box and the engineer gets a puzzled look on his face. 
He hooks up some equipment and is talking back to someone at the phone company. He starts checking connections and numbers. Then we start walking around the building and plugging his phone into the jacks. Turns out that none of the lines had been reassigned and they were all live. Here's the strange part. That day, the engineer and the phone company killed all the lines. The phone calls continued off and on for two more weeks and then stopped. We never did find out the cause. When my cat saw something at my old house my dogs were completely oblivious, so I always just kinda assumed dogs weren't much for picking up on that kind of stuff. The house I'm in now I happened to look over at my dog one day and there was a little boy in clothes from probably the 30s just sitting next to him on the couch. My dog sound asleep and completely unaware, the boy just looking at him and not doing anything else. Then he just vanished. Never once acknowledged my presence which is pretty rare for me. Anyway, several times since then my dog has been just chilling on that couch and all of a sudden sits upright and looks behind or next to himself utterly freaking out like something scared him. He always then streaks off the couch as fast as he can and cowers in the far corner of the living room trembling, and absolutely refuses to get back up on the couch even if I try to make him. Mind you he's a 71 pound pity who is sweet as pie but definitely isn't scared of much except thunder and nail clippers. I always wonder if some unseen ghost has tried to pet him when that happens. I got the feeling that little boy just was loving that there was a dog there so it wouldn't be a stretch for him to want to pet him. I feel bad for my dog though, it definitely makes him uneasy and reluctant to be on the couch at all for a while after that happens. I was driving home once and saw a man's face floating by the roof inside my car and when I described it to my then boyfriend he was a little freaked and dug out a picture of his long dead grandfather and it was indeed him. I had a near death experience about I don't know 11 years ago now maybe and it really ramped up since that happened. My intuition, like knowing something bad is going to happen right before it does or being able to pick up on what people are feeling or hell even what color they're thinking of, exploded in intensity, and I embrace that, and I don't know if it's related at all to my intuition but this whole seeing spirits or ghosts or whatever you want to call them things started happening more and more at the same time. That part I did not embrace so well but it no longer freaks me out and I wouldn't know how to make it stop anyway. Not like any of the psychic places you can go to are legit in any way and it's not like the movies where magically a priest or some crap can banish or fix stuff. So it is what it is I guess. I think a huge part of it happening at all is not being freaked by it and embracing it, because I think kids who don't have a fear of ghosts or don't have that skepticism see them more than adults do. At least from what I've read anecdotally. It does make sense though that if they choose to be seen by someone that it would be someone who isn't going to be afraid or whatever. I went to a historical place my and was peering in the window of an old shop just utterly fascinated by the feels I got from looking at all the stuff inside, and saw a man standing in it. He was highly amused that we were all so interested in, and in awe of this shop, because for them back then it was just a common everyday thing and wasn't really special in the slightest lull. It was just work. 
made me laugh and was a pretty cool moment for me because I was bummed the shop was closed that day and I couldn't go inside. I'm not going to be offended if you don't believe me. I know a lot of people are skeptical. If I didn't have other people around me seeing the same things I don't know that I'd feel quite so confident in the legitimacy of it all. I'm not crazy in the slightest but still, having others go on I just saw such and such ghost, and having it be described as exactly what you've seen, does make me feel better. It's late, a girl gets on the train with only a handful of people left on it, and she's heading to the last stop. She sits next to a stout lady in her late 50s, and across from them is a young couple. The girlfriend is leaning on her boyfriend's shoulder, looking dully ahead of her, apparently exhausted from her day. Her boyfriend is a little fidgety, has his arm wrapped very protectively around his girlfriend, and is giving our heroine an alarming look whenever she glances his way. The girl just tries to sit quietly and ignore his odd behavior. The older woman sitting next to the girl strikes up a conversation, and they chat for much of the lengthy train ride. As they approach the end of the line, the rest of the passengers gradually get off and it's only the four of them left, the girl, the older woman, and the young couple. The boyfriend has been behaving progressively more oddly as the train has emptied, holding his girlfriend more tightly and shooting more odd looks towards the girl. The conversation between the girl and the woman lulls for a minute, before the woman asks the girl to get off at her stop with her saying it's late and she'd like to walk her home to make sure she arrives safely. The girl declines, but the woman is insistent. When the woman's stop arrives, she seems to accept the girl's decision as she gets off the train, but bangs on her window from outside and frantically gestures that she join her on the platform, fear plain on her face. Frightened by the woman's behavior, the girl gets off just before the train pulls away and asks the woman what the problem was. The woman looks the girl in the eye, her face still deeply alarmed and says to the girl, I've been a nurse for 30 years, and that girl with her boyfriend has been dead for hours. My old step-grandparents hallway. It was the creepiest thing. The whole house would be lit up and cozy, but the end of that hallway was always dark. Even in the daytime. And it always felt like someone was standing at the end of E Hall watching you. For some reason, my step-grandpa kept his favorite chair right in front of that hallway. My mom and I never understood why he would want to sit there, since we both felt like we were being stared down whenever we tried to sit there. I used to have to stay in that house alone before and after school while I waited for someone to come pick me up. One day after school, I heard loud crashing sounds from the basement like, metal clanging and things rolling and being scattered. I know it sounded like this because I immediately imagined a burglar breaking into one of the basement windows, but slipping and accidentally knocking over a bunch of the junk that was down there. I was young and scared and didn't know what to do. I grabbed the dog, had 911 typed in on my cell phone, and sat outside on the patio and waited for my grandpa to get home or the burglar to come running out. Gramps investigated the basement after I told him what had happened, and he told me it was just the heater making noises. Except it didn't sound like a heater kicking on, and I'd never heard the heater make those noises before or since.
When I was older, my mom told me the truth about that hallway. The previous homeowner died at the end of the hallway of a heart attack. My stepdad also gave me more stories about how the paranormal activity in that house used to be much worse when he was younger. Voices would whisper into his ear at night when he tried to sleep, and his childhood dog would go nuts barking at the door connecting to the garage. There would be knocking on that door, but no one was ever at the door and the main garage door was always shut so it's not like someone was just knocking and running away. Apparently the knocking only stopped after they changed the door. It makes me wonder if the paranormal activity settled down once the kids moved out only to come back when my brother and I started visiting. I'm a little more sensitive to paranormal things like my mom, this is one of a few stories I have, but my brother is all about science, so I think it would make sense that the ghost would start to mess with me if I'm more open to its existence. Either way, that thing was terrifying and I'm glad I'm not forced to be alone there anymore. My mom was going out one night to meet friends at a festival. This was years back when we lived in Asia. I was home with a nanny. I remember her leaving and then returning about 20 minutes later. I was in bed asleep and overheard the conversation. My nanny asked why she was back so soon and mom said she can't leave she's staying home tonight. On her way out around 9-ish, a road we take multiple times a day, there were two full-grown giant trees in the road. Not felled trees but ones that look like they have been there forever, in the road. So she said out loud, I'm going home, I'm not going out anymore. The trees shrank down into a puppy and ran off to the field on the side of the road. So, she turned around and came home. Next day for one of her friends came over and said that it was a good thing she stayed home. There was a fight at the festival, which turned into a shooting and quite a few people were hurt that night. I was about 17, and was in my bedroom crying my eyes out over something. Home could be difficult at times, and that evening I was really upset. I really needed someone to talk to, but the only phone in the house was downstairs where my parents were so calling a friend wasn't an option. I didn't know what to do to deal with the crap I was trying to live with and really felt that it couldn't go on for much longer. I remember thinking please, someone, just help me. Not a prayer as such, I'm not really sure if that does any good, more sort of a mental scream into the void. There was definitely no one in the room with me, it was a tiny room, and I had my back to a chest of drawers. And then I felt a something on my left shoulder, as if someone was standing behind me and resting their hand on me. I could feel the weight of each individual finger, and the palm cupping my shoulder, and I could feel warmth from it. It didn't scare me, but it was enough to stop me crying. I guess the feeling lasted for a minute or so and then just stopped. I have no idea what it was, but it was enough to calm me down. I wish I could feel it again. Up till I was 11 I lived with my grandparents and I loved the house, it was normal and everything, nothing weird going on. But for some reason I had three of the weirdest dreams ever in this house. The main one I want to get insight on is this. 
All of a sudden I am sitting upright in my bed like you would if you were watching TV. There were two orange lights on both sides of the bed but I had no lamps there, ever. I honestly don't know what it was, 8 year old me said it was a man with a lantern for a head wearing a fedora or top hat kinda thing with navy overalls. Attire aside, for a fact it was just some big man with a hat and no face or glowing face. It had all the traits of sleep paralysis, couldn't move, my chest was getting pushed in, no air, I felt myself moving a bit but I just wasn't. I was on the right side of the bed and he was there too, not on it OFC this MF was standing up, he put his hand on my foot or the bed, I on remember, and then he starting walking up very very slowly while moving his hand. I remember screaming internally but then it just all stopped and it was done. Everything was black like I was in the midst of waking up. I just remember hearing my dog at the time, a chihuahua who was literally the epitome of a feisty bitch not scared of anything, barking like crazy and then movement in my bed which was deaf or like hurrying aggressively to get out. I don't remember exactly what I saw but it was like her jumping across my field of vision multiple times and the only frame I remember is when she jumped up super fast across my face actually scratching it. So, if anyone has an experience like this or any insight let me know. Looking forward to hearing from y'all. That last part wasn't really a dream and the third dream is unrelated to this and probably isn't something significant or deeper and no one else has probably experienced it, prob just a horrific dream. I had just turned 22 and my parents had sold their house and purchased a place out in the country. On the property there was a big shed not far from the house that I decided to turn into my place, now I felt kind of uncomfortable in the shed sometimes but my dog kept me company so it wasn't so bad. Anyway I had been in there maybe two weeks and one night I'm on the computer, my dog asleep at my feet and I need to pee so I get up and go outside to piss. It's a beautiful clear night and the stars were incredible, next thing I hear the shed door slam behind me. I turn immediately and try to open it but it won't budge. Now from inside the shed I can hear my dog start to growl, quietly at first then louder, now he's barking and I'm panicking trying to get the door open. I must mention that I'm 6 foot 5 and well built, play sports etc but even ramming my full weight into the door won't open it and I'm really panicking now as my dog's barks turned into whines, then whimpering, then silence and with all my might I slam into the door and it flies open. The light is off inside now and it's pitch black, it won't turn back on and I'm in complete darkness. Can't see my dog anywhere and I stumble around trying to find a torch. Finally I find it and pick it up and turn on my flashlight and I wasn't prepared for what I'd see next. My dog had literally squashed itself into the furthest, darkest corner of the room, eyes closed and is shaking violently. I immediately moved towards him and as soon as I got within reach of him, he leapt at me into my arms and wouldn't move. I picked him up and I swear I've never ran so fast in my goddamn life. I never stepped foot in that shed ever again and my dog wouldn't even go near that part of the property. I don't know what happened in that shed that night but I'll never forget it. I avoid sheds now. I worked for a manufacturing company and we worked in a very old building. 
I had heard many stories of weird things going on during night shift but never thought much of it. It was a very creepy place but I worked during the day and was never a problem. Well seven months ago we moved to a new location, for cheaper leasing, and we worked long days moving everything out. I drove our 5 ton while my manager helped load and unload. During our last trip of product it was 8 at night and was pitch black out. Not a soul around but us two. The building is set up with an advanced alarm system. Every exit door is listed on a screen and all doors beep loudly when opened. Now I start loading the last skids with the power jack at our receiving end while my boss uses our forklift to move product from a couple warehouse rooms over. When she drops off the skid and gets ready to wrap it we hear the door beep. We look at each other wondering if it was our imaginations. We had been working for 13 hours so it was a possibility but she had a loud imagination. We had already seen three of the doors while there so we knew they were secure but decided to check out the electrical room's outer door since it's the only one we didn't pass by. We take a look and sure enough it's unlocked. The maintenance crew had been working in there during the day and it's reasonable to assume they left it unlocked. But the first trip back into the warehouse and all the lights in the far side, which are often unused, are all on. At that point I start going nuts. I'm not one to believe in ghosts but what if someone was in there? Well we just go about it as usual so we can get out of there. Fourth skid and she comes back and says all the lights are off again. And this is a wide open warehouse, all the racking was already down and moved so there's not many places to hide. As we power through just wanting to get the F out of there the lights had all turned on again, but we keep going. The door goes off once more but screw that. We already checked them and know they're all locked. Tenth skid in and the power jack randomly dies. Thing can last a week but that I used a regular jack and got the rest loaded in. Now all we had to do is shut off all the lights and GTFO. Well we go around together shutting everything off. Then as we get to the outer door to set the alarm we can't because the alarm system says half of doors are open. A few of them are inside doors that used to be outer before more sections were built onto the building, my boss said F it were leaving. And she would never ever leave the building without arming it so I was very surprised, and as we drove out and around we saw half the lights were on in the warehouse and a few in the office parts. We moved because we haven't used the offices in years and it was expensive for leasing payments. That was the last time I set foot in that place and after that I was really glad I never had to. And as it turns out the weekend after that happened the security company called my boss at night saying the alarm was going off. We had lost possession of it two days before so she said it's not her problem and to call the owner. I had never experienced something like before and hope I never have to again. I 2003 when I was a senior in high school, or perhaps the summer after we graduated, a friend and I were coming home from somewhere I don't recall and traveling down Murfreesboro Road in between Smyrna and the Borough, Tenness. It was really dark and really foggy that night. Suddenly a really strong feeling came over me to tell my friend to change lanes. As I opened my mouth to say something she started changing lanes and told me she didn't know why but, Long story short, she had the same feeling. A few seconds later, 
Just about the time we were going to shrug it off, a big boat of an old car came flying down the lane we were in at what had to be well over 100 miles per hour without a single light on, front or rear. It was moving so fast that it disappeared into the distance just as quickly as it had appeared. We hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Pulled over, thanked our lucky stars and headed back home with the high beams on for the rest of the drive home. When I was in high school, the days before cell phones were common, my friends were to come over to pick me up from my house one night. We had made plans at school for them to pick me up at 7 p.m. At 6, my parents said I had to come with them to do something, and I totally forgot to call my friends and tell them. They came to my house at 7 p.m. and called the house phone. No one answered. There was four of them in the car. They all told us the exact same story. They said that they were about to pull out of my driveway, but they saw someone peek through the blinds from the bedroom on the top floor right. That was my room, so they assumed that I was around. Five more times, they said that someone would peek through the blinds, and a couple of them said they even saw the person's eyes. We got home at probably 7 to 7.15, 7 
and they were still in our driveway. One of my friends came over and said they thought I was messing with them. Then they asked me, so, who's staying in your room? I told them that no one. So they asked, who's home at your house right now? Again, I told them, no one. Their stone cold faces then told me what they had seen repeatedly over the last 15 minutes. At first, we all thought there was a burglar in the house or something, so we called the cops. They came over and inspected the house. There were zero signs of break-in, nothing was touched and nothing was stolen. Our house had an alarm on it, so there is no way someone could have come into the house without setting off the alarm. My family, my friends, and the cop all kind of stood around for a few minutes, trying to make sense of the situation. My friends swore up and down and still do, that they couldn't have imagined what they saw. All four of them saw the same things, and it wasn't particularly a dark night so their eyes wouldn't be playing tricks on them. To this day, none of us can make sense of the situation. Edit, I know this isn't what the threat asked, but it is quite relevant, and I wanted to share this explainable thing that happened in my life. The cop also played a pretty big role, because he too was dumbfounded. At first he thought my friends were messing around, but there was no joy in their face throughout the entire thing. They were confused and at times, terrified. I have a friend whom lives in Warren, Massachusetts and lives in a big house with his family that apparently had a history of paranormal activity going on before they moved in. After moving in they had all individually experienced a few things they found difficult to explain rationally. One time I had crashed over his house with a few other friends after we had all been out drinking. We had heard downstairs people talking and what sounded like dishes or silverware kind of clanking together. Like people were setting the table for dinner. We all panicked as we thought his parents were home and his father, who his slash was a state trooper, would kill us for being drunk. Rather than waiting to be caught we all faced the music and walked downstairs to say hello in hopes they couldn't tell or his father would be less angry if we came clean about it. When we got to the kitchen there was nobody there and there were no plates or silverware out. Basically no sign of anyone having been in the kitchen to justify what we had all heard. In checking other rooms we had discovered no one was home at all. We were relieved so we thought nothing of it until the next morning. There had been a few more instances similar to that having happened in this house I remember him telling me but nothing so bad as one night where he was home alone working out in their basement and had heard people upstairs in the kitchen again. He had yelled upstairs thinking his father or mother would respond back down but heard nothing. Upon investigating the kitchen he again saw no trace of anyone being there. Searching around he had heard noises coming from the top floor and yelled up to see if it was his parents. He called out their names a few times and the noise had stopped dead quiet and he heard an unfamiliar voice yell back no. This obviously scared him and he ran out to his car and drove away. He ended up getting pulled over for running a stop sign and told the cop he believed people were in his house and drove away scared not thinking. The cop worked with his father and knew where he lived so he went to go check it out and called for a backup car. The two cops came back to him after a while and said they heard what he had described but saw no trace of any forced entry or anyone having broke in. 
They let him off and the next day his father came home telling everyone how the troopers were excitedly talking to him about how they think their house is haunted. At my old house the neighbor would always tell my mom about how she would hear voices every Tuesday coming from her living room while she would lie in bed. Yes every Tuesday. After about a year or two she finally called the cops hoping they could figure out if someone was breaking in or whatever it may be. Her nephew, being an officer, came to the house and stayed every Tuesday night for about a month. Turned out it was another neighbor that approached her living room window every once in a while, Tuesdays, to attempt to get her to come outside to talk about what they had done. Don't know what happened to her, the guy, or what they had done but that thing had me scared for weeks. I used to work at the courts of my county. I had lunch with cops all the time, and I asked this question once, I love scary stories and the paranormal. One of them did have a story. Basically, he, an officer Stanley, if I remember correctly, was on a solo car patrol when a call came in about a bunch of guys working on a house on the outskirts of the town. It was an old house that had been abandoned for some time, and it was being renovated by the local government for some reason or another, according to the five or so men who were working on it, someone, or something, do do da, had attacked them. They didn't get a very good look at him slash her and got out of the house to call the police immediately. Well, Officer Stanley gets there just before the ambulance. The guy who's wounded has a broken arm and some old nails lodged into his shoulder. One of the men thinks the others are being paranoid, and he thinks something simply fell on the wounded man. Stanley decides to have a look. I remember that he got really uncomfortable when telling this part. Even if there was nothing supernatural about what happened, it really spooked him. Long story short, he doesn't find anything inside, but he feels a presence watching him. When he tries to call out with his radio, he can't get anyone, but he swears he heard an odd voice on the radio shouting expletives at him. I remember him saying that he felt extremely unwelcome. Nothing happened though. He left the building without getting possessed or seeing anything explicitly supernatural, probably just his mind playing tricks on him. No, I don't know what became of the building. A few years ago my parents' next-door neighbor, a woman in her mid-90s and not in the best health but refused to live in a nursing home, passed away in her living room chair. The woman she willed everything to had to fly in, also an older woman, and was going through the house and starting to go through things. She sat down to take a break in the living room chair, and passed away. That was just one week later. So in the span of one week, Two women died in the house next door. I have a buddy who's a volunteer firefighter. He told me one evening his squad, or whatever they're called, was called by an elder man saying he was awoken by a young child that wanted to play or something. He was in a sleepy daze, who eventually ran out of the house into a tree on his front yard. They check the house and find nothing, duh and call a relative over. The man's daughter comes over and they ask her a few questions and the man describes the girl he saw to his daughter. 
Turns out the description perfectly matched that of the daughter's daughter who had died at a very young age in the house. Same age, height, etc. as what the old man had seen. Pretty creepy stuff. My family experienced paranormal activity once in our life. We were living abroad, in Southeast Asia, where spirituality is a part of life. We moved into a building on hill overlooking the jungle when I was three in an affluent neighborhood of the country's capital city. The building had many apartments and one big house at the bottom of the hill, which is where we lived. When I was five we were hosting a leaving dinner party when all of a sudden we hear a bang. A guest bathroom, with doors on opposite sides of the room, had shut and locked itself on both sides. My dad uses a screwdriver to open the lock and there was nobody slash nothing to be found inside. Creepy. It gets worse, my auntie came to visit shortly after and she claimed to see an old woman every night wandering the top floor of the house, an entity my mum told me a few weeks ago she would often see when we lived there. The spirits were not malevolent, but seemed disturbed apparently, and I would often see many black cats roaming around outside. Before we left we got a monk to come and check the place out, he said that the building had been constructed on top of an old Buddhist burial site, something that is usually not allowed, and the spirits were not able to rest peacefully. Furthermore he indicated that the banana tree outside of our kitchen was a hub for spirits to hang out. My parents confronted the landlord, who confirmed the place was haunted. I'm not very spiritual, hence my use of apostrophes when describing the situation, at the moment, but some odd stuff has happened. My parents now always practice feng shui in our house. I am on my way back to Madison from Milwaukee, Wisconsin and I get a frantic phone call from my mother. It was about 9 p.m. and she was getting ready for bed with my sister who was young at the time. Apparently after going to bed it was hot in the room, my mother was going to go into my room to grab my fan. When she opened the door to my room she ran into hers and called me. All the lights in my room were on, my closet door open and light on all my windows were open, she had turned them all off when she went to bed, she thought it was a break-in and was about to call the cops, I told her to calm down and call her BF. She called him first he got there in minutes had to knock on the door because the doors were all locked, nothing was taken everything in the house just turned on by itself. I did later confirm with a girl that used to be the leasing person for that apartment complex told me they used to get calls and complaints from that apartment and a few others all the time. Needless to say we did not resign our lease. Apologies on grammar and such. In my city there's a fairly famous ghost story, I believe it happened back in the 60s, when my dad was still a kid. Anyways I'm not sure on all the facts I'll have to talk to my dad about it later. But the family living there had apparently been having weird experiences, that they couldn't really explain, and I think it's when something happened to their kid that they called the police in. Two officers show up and search the house. I don't remember the details leading up to it but both officers testified in the local paper that while they were there investigating they saw a chair floating. If I remember correctly I believe one of the family members was sitting in the chair while it happened too. 
I know there's more information behind the story that I'll have to get from my dad, and if I can find the newspaper article online somewhere I'll post it. I used to be a genius at an Apple store. I recall one lady that came in, wanting all kind of security protection on her laptop and on her wireless connection. She was visibly frustrated and kept explaining that her next door neighbor's teenage son was a genius hacker and would keep breaking into her computer to mess it up. What was telling was mess it up was stupid things, like not display windows correctly or that kind of thing. Her security protections were extensive and well-established, but she came back a couple of times trying to explain how they weren't sufficient. It became clear over time that she was frustrated at how to use her computer, like most folks at the Genius Bar, and so, because crazy, she projected that frustration of illogical behavior onto an external agent that must be causing it e the fault clearly could not be hers, because she's smart. The reason that she can't use her computer must therefore be because of some hacker genius nemesis who is excruciatingly bored. The problem was that yeah, sure, it's remotely possible I mean, maybe this neighbor kid went on to work at the NSA and he was just practicing on her for kicks. Maybe I underestimate the thrill some folks get from malice for its own sake. But it just wasn't very likely. If you were a genius hacker, it's just not the kind of things you'd do. You might break in and look around, you might steal information. You might even post funny messages. But you're not going to, like, reorder file sorting or change the default color of your sticky notes, because then you'd have to be both a genius hacker and have the lamest sense of humor ever. I wanted to tell her, look lady, you need psychiatric help. And not for just society's sake, but also for hers living with that kind of perpetual anxiety would be terrifying. You could see the terror and the frustration in her eyes. But it wasn't my place, you can't exactly suggest to a customer that the problem is due to their crazy, and she came in alone and apparently was alone so there was no family to ask for help. It's frustrating to be in a position of helping people, being asked for help, and to have diagnosed the problem, only to resolve that the solution was outside of my scope to fix and there was no one to escalate to. Eventually she stopped coming in but I think about her, and what mental illness really looks and acts like, for years. I was maybe 15 years old, of course still living at my parents. It was late at night and I had been using the computer in their room, in the back part of the house. I was alone. When I decided it was time to go to sleep I turned everything off. I turned off the lights and walked in the dark to go to my room. I saw some kind of bluish figure, it looked like a ghost, but I really didn't care. I thought it was some strange form of retinal persistence and kept walking, BTW, this figures of retinal persistence happen to almost everyone but they are so dim that very few people notice, and they're often confused with ghosts. As I was walking in the place where I had seen the ghost, something touched my hair. It felt pretty real. My blood froze, I was breathless and my heart almost stopped beating. As soon as I recovered my breath I ran like a scared kid to turn on the light again and saw the root cause. The closet had a main door, about the height of a person, and an upper door where you store things you don't use frequently, you know. 
So this higher door was open and it was at the right height to touch my hair as I walked under it. The ghost must have been some dim reflection on the door's surface. I am an older Christian lady and believe 100% that spirits and demons are as real as God. Love reading about paranormal events although my pastor would probably frown on this. Something happened to me when I was about 12 years old that I never forgot. Was raised in a pretty dysfunctional home and me and mom got along like oil and water. My grandma, mom's mother, had died just before I was born of a stroke. Well my mom never wanted to talk about it and she would never show me a picture of my grandma. Mom was very overprotective of me and the few relatives I did have were not close to us. We got in a big argument and I told her my friends had grandparents so I should at least be able to see a photo. Mom's reply? IT ain't happening. I stomped outside on this hot summer day and ended up playing basketball with some friends. Got cleaned up and went to my bedroom to patiently wait for my lunch treat. At the end of the bed I see what appears to be fog. Fog? In my bedroom? By this time my room was so cold I could see my breath. I lived in a tiny house with a tiny cheap AC unit in the living room. The bedrooms did not ever get that cold in the summer months. Anyway, this woman's face formed in the mist as clear as day and she smiled at me. I was too mesmerized and shocked to scream. The fog disappeared and my mom came into the room to call me to lunch. Her first question was, why in the world is everything like ice in here? Later on I did get to see a picture of grandma and as you can guess, it was the face I saw that day. 2. I grew up in the 60s and 70s near Virginia Beach, Virginia. I remember my mom talking about haunted military housing. Robin Hood Apartments I believe they were called. Years later, I am in college majoring in music and meet a girl that becomes one of my best friends. I am having dinner over her house one night and her dad, a top-ranking military man, starts talking about being in charge of some men staying in Robin Hood apartments many of whom were newly married. I am wondering where have I heard that name? Then he says that the whole complex had to be torn down because of all the incidents that occurred there. The wives of the men called his office all the time begging for their husbands to come home. There were reports of voices, floating infants, chairs moving, dishes being thrown. He was a devout Catholic and it looked like it spooked him just to talk about it. Not sure when it was torn down and have not been able to find anything online about it. This guy is a no-nonsense kind of personality. Think he is being real honest. 3. I worked nine years for a cable company in Chesapeake, Virginia and we had acquired a smaller cable company in Gloucester. From what I understand, the main office there was run out of an historic building and the upstairs area was roped off. Many of our techs and customer service reps had to learn the new company's way of doing things as it would be a while before our systems could merge. Well, our employees were refusing to open by themselves in the morning due to the classical music and apparent dancing going on upstairs. Seems like this whole rural area knew about this and customers would hear the dancing, voices, and live classical music on a regular basis. If you went up the stairs the music would just stop. 
We had so many employees coming back to the Chesapeake office to tell us about their encounters that a book could have been written. This building had no wiring for music or anything due to it being an historical building. Almost last but not least, I was listening to a radio talk show about different paranormal encounters and this woman calls in to say she just uploaded a video showing something transparent walking through her neighborhood. There had been some recent automobile break-ins so her and hubby invested in a security cam. Thought I would share it with all of you. And last of all. Check out the recent case of Latoya Ammons. A million things ran through my mind after reading this story. I started researching it and found an 800-page police report. Doctors, nurses, social workers, psychologists, police officers, etc. involved. If you don't believe after this. Don't know what to say. Okay I am done no. Good night.